are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is sponsored by True North Arrows. True North Arrows has developed the archery industry's best environmentally safe products to stain, crown dip, crest, and clear finish your wood, carbon, and aluminum arrows. Their products are industrial and exterior grade to give you the toughest finish on the market, plus the true waterborne technology will give you professional results without the odors of solvent-based products of yesteryear. For cresting, True North has classic as well as vintage colors available in cresting paints and crown dip, and there's even metallic cresting paint available for those who really want to set their arrows apart from the crowd. And if you're a carbon arrow shooter, then check out their carbon cleaner. And there's also a carbon primer available to make your carbon and aluminum arrows resemble wood shafts. Now, I used to build a lot of custom arrows, and I've known Joe Callahan at True North for many years. His products for custom arrows are second to none. So be sure to check out his website. And while you're there, also look for the free how-to videos that Joe has made available there. Lastly, if you're not an era builder yourself, that's okay too, because Joe even sells fully built custom eras as well. So just head over to www.truenortharrows.com and have a look for yourself. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Angel, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host at large, Mr. Tom Jorgensen. How's it going, Tom? Hey, it's going great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm can't really complain you uh have you managed to to get out and do any whitetail chasing thus far or you <laughs> since your since your bear hunt no no we're we're getting toward the end of october and uh i was gonna go out last weekend and the weather didn't really look great so uh friday night i'll i'll venture out and it'll be a, a weekend trip yeah How Nick. You? Was, well nick was telling me uh we were trading some texts you know he's coming down here in a couple of weeks and uh he's getting antsy but uh he was trying to do some hunting this past weekend and he said the, the weather was just horrible with the rain and so forth. But, uh, our, uh, our gun season opened Saturday. So I treated myself and instead of carrying the longbow out, I carried, I carried the easy stick. I actually hunted with a recurve. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, I shot the, the, uh, shot a doe Saturday mornings, only the, the second deer I've ever taken with a recurve. So, as many as I've taken with a longbow, I just, I never hunt with a recurve much, but, uh, she was a, she was a big old doe too. Um, a little bit longer recovery. I think she dropped a little bit on the shot or a little bit more than I anticipated. And it, I, I caught her a little high, but, um, it was still a fairly quick recovery. She might've traveled, I don't know, 150, 200 yards, maybe <laughs> guessing, um, through some of the thickest, nastiest stuff I've ever been through in my life. In fact, I, I thought about you once because it was, I had to go through a bunch of green bar, green briar with thorns on it about an inch long. And I said, Tom would, Tom would really enjoy this. He loves, he loves marching through this stuff, but, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll circle back on that one of these days. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about heading to that spot. Um, one morning, I, I haven't decided exactly when, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that pine where I had you in that stand that you said I needed to have two strapped together. Um, I'm hoping that pine's grown enough by now. It might actually support the weight of a stand and get in there and, and hunt that area again. But uh, anyway, well, that, when you're going, I'll uh, go move your bright eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Those bright eyes are long gone. I don't, after, 
whenever I put those up when you guys are coming, um, the next time I go in in the dark where I can see them with my flashlight, I take them down as I go back in. So, uh, I don't, I don't use them much myself anymore. In fact, uh, I'm, if I can, if I can do it Sunday, I'm going to head down to the property. We're going to hunt, uh, Nick and I are going to hunt in middle Georgia and, and put up a few bright eyes just for him, uh, on Sunday. So they'll be ready when he gets here, but I'll, I'll take them back down after I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't use them, but I know it's difficult when you go into an area you've never been before. So it helps out a little bit, but, uh, so tonight, um, I'm kind of excited about tonight. We've been trying to, I've been trading messages on Facebook and I think me and this gentleman spoke on the phone probably over a month, maybe two months ago about trying to get this scheduled, but, uh, joining us tonight on the podcast, we've got Mr. Kurt Cabrera. How's it going, Kurt? Very good, Steve. Thank you. You've been, uh, you listen to me and me and Tom jabber about our hunting. You've been doing any hunting this year? I have not, not as much as I would have liked, but, um, I have a daughter that's on a very successful travel softball team. So my weekends have been kind of dedicated to that. Um, I tried to get out. I've gotten out a couple mornings just for hour and a half quick hunts and seen deer, but, um, could have killed those, but no bucks, but I did go out, um, opening day after work and i i killed a doe that afternoon the first time i went out uh, opening day success uh, yes it's actually three years in a row in the same spot pretty much and you hunt uh i know you you live and and most of your hunting's in new york state right yes yeah where if you don't mind saying just a general area whereabouts in the state are you hunting no i i live in the hudson valley it's uh pretty much straight up the hudson river from new york city about an hour and a half in a town called marlboro that's where i live very cool and i was i'm gonna get into some of the 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 videos that you've done with your youtube channel on trad life but mm-hmm. one thing i noticed um uh, at least I think I noticed in those videos, it looks like one of the areas that you're hunting is there's either a, a, a lot of, uh, it's like an apple orchard, right? Yeah, this, this is apple country. This is, well, orchard country, apples, pears, peaches, plums, mostly apples and pears. And do you, is, is, is that the general area you were, you were hunting opening day or was it somewhere else? Um, no, it was in one of the orchards. It was a, you know, it was a spot that um, I hunted the last two, the, well, two years prior to this year in, uh, it's kind of an, an or, a corner of an orchard and the stand where I've been hunting the last two years until this year was set about 20 yards in the orchard. And there was a huge, I don't know if it was, I don't know how old it is, but it was a huge, beautiful red oak tree. And, and, uh, that's, you know, it was the last couple of years, it had been really good for, uh, for acorns, especially two years ago. And that was the one film um, that I just, my last one that I released on Trad Life, Acorn Rain. Uh, that was that hunt two years ago. And uh, that's why I was there because of the acorns. And uh, then the next year I repeated and uh, it was actually, they weren't, you know, th- that wasn't an open and day hunt, but it was the first time I, I got to hunt by myself and went in and hunted and I killed the doe. And then the next year I repeated, I did the same thing. But um, this year, mother nature, uh, put a little twist in it because we had a, a very rare tornado for our area, which doesn't happen very often. And um, mother nature kind of rearranged the spot a little bit. She took down that big Oak tree. And, and with that, that one took about 
cut a swath about 30 yards wide and knock down every other oak tree in there. Um, so I was thinking about moving anyway. So I, my stand is now right in the corner of the orchard instead of about 20 yards in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and I kind of I kind of groomed the spot this this spring after the tornado. I, I made it easy for the deer to come out right in front of me. I cut a path for them and and made a nice clear. You know, you know what they say they'll take the path of least resistance. Well, you know I I like to try to do that if I have time before the season. I'll you know even during the off season mostly. You know you, you move things around. You cut you know cut some stuff down. Make it easy for them to walk. Um, but and that's what I did there. And I I kind of groomed it and. Um, yeah, I got up and I don't know if you want to hear the whole story about opening day or, uh, sure. Let's go. I'd love to hear the, I'd love to hear the hunting story in the, the, the acorn rain film. I've, I've got several questions, so we'll definitely come back to that, but yeah, I'd love to hear what happened. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, well, you know, like I said, I had worked that day and I got in and, you know, with the trail camera that I had set there this summer, um, I knew there was a couple really nice deer in the area, but um, that really, I, I can't say it wasn't my focus, but I mean, of course, if they would have come out, but I really wasn't expecting it. I was expecting more of a, a doe hunt like I had been doing the last couple of years. That's kind of, that was my goal for the day anyway. And uh, so I, I got to the stand. I used the, uh, the tree hopper system whatever I, i'm not sure which one it is but you drill the hole and you you know you drop the pegs in and um i did that you know i i got there it was fine i snuck right in i got up in there and it was the first time in for the year so you know getting ready was a little slow getting the camera on the tree and all that you know it, it's not like i was in a groove from you know after a couple of weeks you, you kind of you can do it a lot faster but anyway um i wasn't in the tree for 10 minutes and i had my back to where I expected the deer come from and I turned around and there was already deer coming and it was, I think it was only like four o'clock then. And, uh, anyway, long story short, some deer started coming, a spike came, um, a couple more does came, but nothing came close. And then a small eight pointer that I had been getting pictures of, um, all summer. I had never seen him before, but I got pictures of him. I wasn't sure how big he was from the pictures, but I saw him and, I probably could have shot at him had I tried, but, um, he was, he was a young deer. He was only a two and a half year old deer. Not that I'm super picky anyway, but, um, but yeah. So, you know, a little while later, some deer started coming and the wind did change, but this area being an orchard, you know, there's, there's usually somebody at some point, you know, working in the orchard. So the deer are, are very used to human odor. And that kind of, you know, and there's houses close by and everything mm-hmm. around these orchards. So, you know, they, they, they tolerate more probably than, than like a deep woods deer or, you know, something like that. And, uh, she was smelling me, but I also had some ever calm out and that sort of thing. And, um, she came and she came, you know, and she was testing. She walked around and she started to come out and walked back in and started to come back out. So she knew something was up, but I was in my tree that I was in had vines around it. I mean, she couldn't, I mean, it, I could almost wave my hands up there and she wouldn't have picked me out in the tree that it was in. It was just a perfect setup. And um, she started very, very slowly and very, very cautiously coming out. And I knew, I knew I had a jumpy deer on my hands and, um, you know, I, I usually <laughs> don't like to shoot at jumpy deer, but, um, I 
I knew if she came close enough, I knew what I needed to do. And, uh, and she did, she, she came out and she stopped and was looking out into the orchard. And I actually remember to aim low and I can remember consciously just looking at the, you know, her body line at the base of her chest. And, uh, I pulled back and, and let it rip. And I mean, my arrow hit, I thought perfect. You know, she dropped right into it. Perfect. And, you know, off she went and, you know, in, in my mind, it, it looked perfect. Um, I looked at the arrow. I had a lighted knock on it and I could mm -hmm. see the knock, you know, it was stuck in the ground. It blew right through her. And, but the arrow didn't look red and I had white, you know, part of the feathers were white. I, it was a combination of white and turkey, natural turkey feathers. And it didn't look red. I could tell something. So I knew the arrow had exited at least through the guts, but I really did think it was a good shot. And, uh, you know, I knew I had to get to work the next morning. So I kind of pushed the situation a little bit and I, I started following after about an hour mm -hmm. and, and I could tell it wasn't, it, it definitely wasn't what I thought it was. You know, it was dark blood. I knew I'd probably hit liver and there was definitely some guts on the arrow. And, uh, so I decided to back out and, uh, I had to take a couple hours off the next morning, but she didn't go very far. And, you know, it wasn't a bad shot, but it just wasn't, it wasn't ideal. You know, I, I did, you know, autopsy showed that I clipped the very back of both lungs and went through, you know, pretty much dead center of the liver. And she, you know, she didn't go very far. Like I said, you know, she's only, she maybe went 125, 150 yards, but just didn't leave a lot of blood. And it, it took, it actually came down to just me searching, you know, a body search pretty much. And uh, I found her after about an hour looking around. But yeah, that's, that was my, uh, so that, that spot area, that corner of that orchard that I killed a doe there for the last three years, the first time I hunted it three years in a row. Very nice. I, I must admit, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything like that. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, since you started, I'm just going to kind of jump into some of the questions that I had around that, that general area from the, the videos I've watched. And I will say for everyone listening, if you, if you haven't watched any of Kurt's videos, they're actually very good. Um, and you can find them, just search for trad life films on YouTube and, and you can find them. But um, so a couple of things about that. And I, I, it sounds like it was the same general area. And I, I must say, I hate you lost that Oak tree because uh, acorn rain was the appropriate name. I don't think I've ever heard acorns falling from a tree like that. Now, what kind of Oak was it? Kurt? I believe it was a red Oak. I, I, that, as far as I know, that's what it was. It was most of the trees that were in the woods, just inside, like even the tree that I had my hand, my stand hung in was an Oak tree as well. But this one, it wasn't a white Oak that I know. Um, it had really big acorns on it. Um, I think it was a red oak. I, I'm I'm not really sure, um, but it was it was one of those ones that kind of looked like a live oak. You know, it's just got low branches mm -hmm. that go out and just big, beautiful, majestic. You know, work. You know, work of art that nature, you know, <laughs> put out there. And and oh, I was so sad when I went when I went back there because I had you know I didn't check it right away when I went back there after our tornado come through. And I just happened to be going back there to put a camera. No, actually I was, uh, yeah, I must've been going back there to put a camera up 
And when I got back there, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I just, because I, I wasn't expecting it because it was very spotty when it went through, you know. Some spots didn't get touched by, my, you know, like my house. I had a couple of branches down, but for some reason that spot, which is only about 10 minutes from my house, not even, it, it just cut a swath right right through that spot. I don't know if the orchard helped funnel it into that corner or what it did, but didn't bother any of the uh, the trees in the orchard. But it it cut through there, and it it yeah, it's kind of sad. The whole the whole area, <laughs> the whole look of the area has changed. But I'm the sure. deer are still there, so that's that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, that size tree, it, I'm sure it it left a it left more of a uh, more of a hole than just what it left in the canopy. I'm sure. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I I noticed when you were when you were going into that that location um through your your video when you were when you were walking in you were actually walking using a creek to access and when i see think people do things that i'll try to do sometimes that just i always have to ask but is that is that just the easiest route or was is there another reason that you use that water as an access route to get to where you were going Oh no, it's it's definitely not the easiest. I could have I could have parked a hundred yards away from the spot in the orchard and just walked the orchard in. But um, no, it's kind of a you know it's a strategic thing, I guess you could say. I knew um, the it would be the best way for me to get in there, um, wind wise and and cover wise with the with the noise of the creek and everything and coming in that way. And what it was was I'd walk the creek, and then I had to walk up this super steep bank for about. I don't know, maybe 20 yards. And I, I mean, steep, like hold on to the saplings type, you know, steep. And, mm-hmm. and, but when I did that, I was right by my tree instead of leaving, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm, you know, I always overthink things. I'm sure, you know, anybody who's conscious about their deer hunting probably does the same thing. But, you know, even though I knew probably 99% of the deer are going to be coming from the woods towards the orchard, you never know when you might get that one that comes out in a different part of the orchard and maybe works their way towards you in the orchard for whatever reasons. So I didn't want any of my ground scent in the orchard. So I came up, you know, it was a lot harder, believe me, but uh, you know, and like I said, I go up that steep bank and then I only have to walk like 10 yards and that tree was right there. And and now where the tree is, it's even better. I mean, I just walk up the bank and it's just boom, it's right there. And that's a, that. So several of the things you said there's the same reason I try to do it. And in fact, I've um, a couple of places that I that I hunt has a, a creek looks very similar to that. Um, I guess you call it a creek. That's what we call it here. Yeah, um, seems yeah. like they all have different names from branch to creek to river. To, but yeah, I will go through you know in midsummer and and trim uh, branches and so forth so that I can navigate through that water because it just seems like to me same thing it keeps my keeps my scent down so yep. i know my scent's not going anywhere outside of that water um i can approach quieter in many cases especially if the leaves are really dry you can actually walk quieter in water than you can on the forest floor yeah um and the the depression keeps your both your 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 profile um out of sight as well as again contains that that sound so um yeah, I, I just it's funny, like like you said, it's funny the things that I, I sometimes watch for, just to see if people are doing the same things that that I yeah. feel like I've I've figured out and try to keep a secret to myself. <laughs> but yeah, and I you know like like you said, walking it you know beforehand, and I do the same thing because you know 
in the dark, I'll hunt that same spot sometimes, you know, I'll come in in the morning and hunt it. So the walk is in the dark. So I have to really make sure that, you know, before the season, I always walk the Creek and make sure nothing has changed and know where it's, you know, where I can walk and where I, where I can't walk and all that thing. So it's all, yeah, it's all thought out pretty well, you know, and, and scouted out pretty well. And just to make it work, it's, it's definitely not the easiest way to get in, but you know, it's, that's just the way. <laughs> a conscious deer hunter would do it i guess well i've been sitting here just jabbering away tom i'm gonna i'm gonna hush for a minute and give you a chance to jump in and get a word in edgewise <laughs> i just soaking that all up um i gotta go watch that uh watch that video look at that approach uh i've been hearing a few people talking about using creeks uh just recently uh for you know for for transit um, I'm going to kind of skip off from deer. It just seems like you have a lot of pictures of, uh, turkey hunting. Do you, uh, hunt turkeys in the fall in New York or is that a springtime only thing? Um, no, I have, um, it changed recently the last couple of years. Our turkey numbers are down around here and it used to be, well, a couple of things changed several years ago. It the deer season didn't open till October 15th, but turkey season opened October 1st. So in the fall, I would, I would, those two weeks prior to deer season starting, I would always kind of dedicate that to turkey hunting, which was nice because I could concentrate on one and then concentrate on the other. Um, but then they opened up deer season October 1st as well. So, you know, once in a while I do sit in a blind and, and hope a deer walks by, but, um, most of now that it's now that it's both in the fall i kind of pick deer hunting over turkey hunting so if a, if a turkey happens to walk by you know i'll i'll try to shoot at it i haven't been very successful out of a tree stand with turkeys but um but yeah it's mostly a spring thing i i have killed several birds in the fall but and our, our like i said our numbers are down now so it used to be from october 1st until whenever the gun season started in, in around mid-november um we could shoot two birds um and they could be uh you know they could be hens as well but now we can only shoot one and the season is only from like october 20 something to um first week in november it's a very short season now because i mean i haven't noticed it that much the turkeys the numbers being down but apparently some areas are are, are down pretty good gotcha gotcha are there uh, other things in new york that you like to pursue um, well, I mean, like getting out. yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if there's something I can try to shoot with my bow, I'm, I'm you know, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to try. I mean, oh, I mean, it's mostly deer and spring turkeys is a, is a big, you know, it's a big thing for me uh, in the spring. You know, I'm up every morning in, in April before work, after work, I'll scout, you know, it's just every, every morning I'm doing something with turkeys to try to figure them out, try to see some patterns, um, that sort of thing. And, you know, cause our season opens May 1st. So, and then, but you know, it doesn't change even when I'm not hunting during turkey season, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm still scouting, listening for birds, looking for birds, glassing for birds before work. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, the, the summers are spent, you know, going to a couple shoots and uh, we have what we call the muzzy shoot up here, which is a, it's like a knock a block type shoot. Um, I do that every, every, every um, 
August. The, it's usually the second weekend in August. And, you know, I'll chase woodchucks once in a while. I used to do it a lot more when I was younger and I had a lot of spare time. You know, I was always out chasing something, but, um, you know, and then fall comes in, in the, in the, in the winter, I do quite a bit of rabbit hunting with the bows. You know, there's, mm. we've always done the, the trad gang. Um, we get together a couple of times a year up at Sean Leonard's house and kill a bunch of rabbits. And we've done really well for, for, for a bunch of guys shooting stick bows. We've killed a lot of rabbits up there. Well, and you've been, uh, I mean, when I first got my log into trad gang, it seemed like you were plugged into kind of everything going on, whether it was, uh, St. Jude's or a, a benefit hunt or something. I mean, it just seemed like you always had a lot going on and you were kind of going everywhere to do it. Yep. It was pretty easy to be envious. So uh, <laughs> what, uh, how'd you get started with, with that part of the community or, or how did you, did you find yourself in that? Um, well, yeah, yeah it, uh, I started, well, how it started, it's, it's kind of a long story too, but um, I was actually, Right. The, the year that Trad Gang got started, um, I joined. I think I was no, I'm member number 616. And unfortunately, the last couple of years, I haven't been on much. And, and But I'm still good friends with Terry and I just haven't talked to him much. And um, I miss Trad Gang, but I just don't have a lot of time to, you know, my time is so limited now. I really have to, um, you know, kind of cut some things out, but anyway, it, it's not purposely trad gang for any reason, but that just seems to be the way it went. But, um, 2003 trad gang started, I believe in April. And actually that, that November Thanksgiving morning, 2003, I got shot. Um, I was bow hunting during gun season and I got shot in the leg by a rifle hunter. And Whoa. That's a whole, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta go into that one though. I've, I honestly have never heard this. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll finish with my trad gang story first. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, and I, I was already an active member on trad gang and, and Terry actually got a hold of me and he knew I was down a little bit, you know, cause I had a lot of support on trad gang. There was people, you know, sending messages and, and anything they could do for me to help. And, you know, Terry was one of them, of course. And, and then, you know, he called and, and asked if I wanted to help out, you know, be a moderator. You know, I had some downtime. I was going to, you know, he knew I was going to have some time on my hands to, you know, and, it, and being a moderator doesn't mean you have to be on all the time, but you know, if you have the time to do it, it certainly is a lot easier. So he asked me and I wasn't sure about it because I didn't really know much about that sort of thing. And, uh, but anyway, like, I think he called again and, you know, I decided, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll, you know, I thought about it the first time and then we called the second time. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll help out, you know, and I'll do whatever I can do. But I love trad gang. You know, it was, you know, he was doing it for all the right reasons. And yeah, so that's how I got started being a moderator and then from there you know just being active on there and then um being a moderator terry one year took us all down to texas for a moderator hunt they called it the mod melt and that's where i met charlie lamb and uh, i met terry for the first time and you know several other guys from trad gang and uh we had a blast. I mean, I shot a javelina. I got to hunt with Charlie right first thing. Uh, Terry stuck me with Charlie and he, he winked his eye and he says, <laughs> you know, like, okay, Kurt, this is your opportunity to hunt with, you know, something, this is going to be special for you. And, uh, and, you know, Charlie had been to this spot before this area, this ranch we were hunting. So he kind of knew the place pretty well. Right. And, uh, 
boy, I had a javelina down within within a half hour of hunting with Charlie, you know, and it was it was just a blast. He we saw him crossing the road, and um, he dropped me off and said, "You just wait right here. They'll be back," you know. And and sure enough, he went up the road, turned around, and by the time he came back, I had already had a javelina down, and uh, you know, and, and and I'm with Charlie Lamb, so. You know, that was, that was really cool. And then, you know, I, we spent a couple more days hunting together and that sort of thing. And, uh, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it got started. And then from there, it just, I went on several hunts with Terry. We went to Texas on the Solana hunts a couple times, and those were incredible hunts that everybody misses. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, and I've, he took me down, uh, went down to South Carolina with him a couple times on, on a lease that they used to have called the bacon strip, which was the most phenomenal place I've ever hog hunted in my life. I mean, it was so sad that it's not, you know, that he doesn't have it anymore. That group that had, it doesn't have it anymore. Um, that's where my son Cade, he, he invited us both down the year after I went down the first time and Cade went down and he shot two hogs with Terry he shot one, one when he was with me and then one when he was with what he, who he called uncle Terry. <laughs> and, uh, they were, you know, little, little meat hogs, little tiny hogs, but you know, those were his first hogs. And he was only, well, I want to say he was still 12 at that time. He was, yeah, he was 12, I think 12 or 13 at the most. So you know what, that was one of the coolest posts to see, you know, so somebody, you know, we, we've never shook hands or met in person, but right. I, mean, I just, I was, I mean, I felt like I was there and you had, you were definitely you know, passing down something really special and that, that yeah. perfect age for him. It was just, it was a great story. I mean, that was just, it was, it was so nice for you to, you know, invite us in, you know, kind of let us share that with you. So yeah. thank you for that. that well, so and cool. I, I appreciate it, you know, and I've always, I've always kind of been known for the guy that takes a lot of pictures and shares a lot of pictures and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, on that hunt, Terry killed two hogs, I killed two hogs, and Cade killed two hogs. So it was kind of, it was kind of something that we never thought we, we hoped we'd be able to do again, but we knew we had done something special. And uh, and then I I believe it was later that you know, when when they lost that lease, so we never Cade never did get a chance to go back, and we always wanted to, but um, but we got to do it once, and it was very special, and you know, it was it was it was very cool that, and and we still talk about trying to get Cade down there again. Every time I talk to Terry, we talk about getting together, but you know, his life has changed a little bit. My life has changed a little bit. And you know, Cade has certainly changed. He, (laughs) he went from a little, you know, four foot tall, 12 year old to, uh, you know, he's 18 years old in college with a job now. So a lot of things have changed. Wow. And I, you know, I have to say the same thing. I remember, uh, I don't remember all of the details, but I do remember reading that, that post and, Kind of like Tom, you know, I know that we have commented back and forth on, you know, the same post for years, Kurt. And I don't, I don't think, I don't know that I ever sent a private message to you or anything like that, or we traded private messages, but it was just kind of like, I knew who you were. Yeah. Um, And, and really same thing with Tom, you know, I knew, I knew, uh, I actually met Tom very near to the property that you're talking about called the the bacon strip in 2012. Um, Right. And, and I get what you're saying about trad gang too. I mean, in fact, we've been, we've had um, Charlie on and we've talked a little bit about, you know, social media has had a huge impact on forums in general. Yeah. Um, I think part of that may be 
uh, cyclic. It may come back around. People just get so fed up with social media and, and go back to, to things like forums. We'll, we'll see, but, um, you know, we're actually, uh, planning on having Terry on probably in the next week or so too. So, um, it's kind of neat to have some of you guys from trad gang that we've, you know, a lot of us have known so long because, you know, I think trad gang is probably, uh, has been probably one of the most influential, uh, services as far as promoting traditional bow hunting yeah. there's ever been. I mean, I know there's a lot of, I'm one of them. I mean, you know, I've really got fired up about traditional bow hunting reading and, and seeing other people's successes on that site years and years ago. I mean, so yeah, uh, really, really kind of cool. I had been traditional bow hunting, um, without a whole lot of success at the time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was keep at it. You know, when you, you see people that are, they're having the success, you, you, you just have that, that drive to, to keep at it and figure it out. But oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, I agree with you about social media, about how it's, you know, what it is with me. Um, trad gang was always a place where, you know, as long as I had the time, I, I could, I would have loved, I loved writing stories. I loved posting a ton of pictures, but as my, personal time became less and less it made it harder for me to download it you know i had to edit a picture and then download it and then post it and it just where social media was a lot quicker you you know you could go right to your phone or your computer and bang 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 and and you have a post you know instantly so unfortunately that's part of the reason why i you know i'm less and less on trad gang it just it was it just it was so much easier to share with with limited time um on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And, um, but you know, I'm excited to hear what, what Terry has. Terry is an awesome guy. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever met him. I mean, you know, I've wanted with him a fair bit. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I love Terry. I mean, he's, he's one of the guys that I've met through trad gang that, you know, he's like a brother to me, or, I mean, honestly, we don't agree about everything, but, um, you know, who does, but, you know, he, we were both in it kind of for the right reasons. And, and, and we just get along. There's always been something from the time we hunted, you know, down in Texas, uh, to Solana hunts, to hunts in South Carolina. Um, things happen when Terry and I are together, cool things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a few stories that I probably couldn't even remember, but if you went through the, you know, <laughs> some of the stories that, that we shared on Trad Gang, some of the hunts we shared, you know, these little tidbits would come out. Um, there was one about a penny when we went to the to the bacon strip that um, I had gone back in to, to, to get a tree stand down that Kate had been hunting out of. So I decided to still hunt my way in and I was going to come back. Well, on the way in, I find this penny that's face up I mean, right in the middle of the trail in the middle of the bacon strip in the middle of, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. just this penny doesn't belong there. So, but it's heads up. So I pick it up. I figured, Oh, that's gotta be good luck. You know, you know, to hear about pennies and I don't go a hundred yards and there's hogs, you know, and I, I put an arrow right through one. I zip an arrow through one. I continue on. I go get the tree stand. I come back out. I get Terry, I get Cade, you know, and, and we get on it and I start. And then later on that night, um, I remembered the penny and I said, Terry, the coolest thing ever, you know, like I looked down and here's this penny in the middle of the trail 
And I figured, well, let me pick it up. It's got to be good luck. And then I shoot this hog, you know, and then later that night I shot another hog that I shot two in the same day off the stand right before dark. I shot another one. I said, man, this penny was lucky. And he's smiling at me and he says, I put that penny there, you know, earlier today, just hoping <laughs> somebody would find it and think the same thing. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And just cool things like that happened when Terry and I together. And it wasn't planned. It wasn't nothing. But he had the biggest smile on his face. And I knew, you know, just, just it, I don't know. It's just like a higher power is just <laughs> looking over us when we're together. I'm not sure what it is. Well, and, you know, uh, without going into a lot of detail, because I, I, I do want to try to talk to Terry a little bit about this. But, you know, there's – Anytime you try to do anything, you're always going to have people that you, you irritate, make mad. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, I mean, we're all adults here. I know there's been some things that happened on trad gang that a lot of people aren't happy about. Uh, I would be lying to say that, you know, there haven't been things that went on on that site that I was happy about, but here's what I can tell you. Right. The only time that Terry and I ever had any disagreement about anything pick up a phone, call and talk to the man and disagreement went away. We didn't, and we didn't necessarily have to agree, but we, we understood each other and everything was fine. Right. Now, that's not always possible, but anytime I've ever had, you know, that kind of uh, disagreement with anybody, it's either an email or a phone call, you know, have some communication. Um, Absolutely. You know, you just stomp off and I'm taking my ball and going home and then start bad mouthing people behind their back. Yeah. There's not going to be a good, a good resolution there in most cases, but no. Um, and, and if I can just interrupt you for a second and being on the inside for as long as I was and still am really, I mean, I still get all the mod alerts and stuff. I'm just not very active right now, but over the years, if I mean, it's unbelievable what, I mean, what I saw as a moderator, let alone what Terry dealt with as the owner of the site you know, and, and like you said, I mean, if people would just handle something like adults and, and Terry was great like that. I mean, if somebody was 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 not happy or something, he would reach right out to him if he could and try to, you know, resolve the thing. But it was the people that were just, you know, you're better off standing talking to the wall. That's, you know, right. Because they just they don't get it. It's just it's like their brain functions different than other people. And 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 those are the people that no matter what you tried to do with them, they just, they're just off the wall. I mean, I, I'm Terry, <laughs> Terry could do 10 podcasts telling you crazy stories about with what people, what he's had oh, to I'm deal sure. with, with nutty people, but, <laughs> but, but he is good. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's great with communication. I mean, he, I don't care who you are. If you want to talk to him, you know, give him a call and he'll talk to you and he'll talk to you about anything. He's, you know, he's a great guy. He's, he, he's funny. You, you, as a matter of fact, you, you sound a lot like him to me, except he talks a lot faster than you do, but you kind of got the same accent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to, to hearing what Terry has to say, too. As a matter of fact, I, I owe him a phone call um, for a couple of months now, I think. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's Terry is you, you'll enjoy the conversation with him and I'm sure others will, too. So uh, you're you're screen name your handle whatever you want to call it on trad gang is is guru Mm -hmm. i gotta know where that came from (laughs) that's that's funny that (laughs) has nothing to do with with hunting it was an old softball when i used to play i used to play a lot of uh, softball as i you know this kind of baseball i got too old for baseball and we started playing softball me and a bunch of my buddies and um 
my last name is Cabrera, and we had one guy on the team that started calling me Cabruru for some reason, just whatever. <laughs> so from Cabruru, it went down to Guru. That's what it, everybody started calling me Guru. And so that's that's where it's as simple as that. It has nothing to do with wow, you or really, my, or, you know, or my 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 skill at hunting or anything like that. It's just you had really just pulled the rug out from under my feet, Kurt. Because <laughs> I, I all these years I've been following you on Trad Gang and just thought you were like the Guru. Uh, uh, no, I would. <laughs> I would certainly <laughs> never name myself anything like that. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, it's 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 that simple and just that ridiculous. But yeah, that's that's where it came from. And some people, I mean, some people have even shortened it to Goo or Roo now. I mean, but most most people call me Guru. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, Guru is much better than either one of those independently. <laughs> I, I totally agree. <laughs> So now we got to go back because I've got, now we've got to hear the, uh, there's not many people out there that can say they were shot while they were bow hunting with a, with a rifle and are still here to talk about it. So we, we got to hear that story, man. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, that summer I, I'm a union laborer. That's what I do for a living. And, uh, you know, the, the nature of that business is that you hunt, you know, you hunt, you, you work on job sites, you know, the job may last, um, a couple of days. It may last a few years. And I was on this job site in Chester, New York, which is about 40 minutes from where I live now. And, uh, we're, it was road work. We're redoing some bridges and some road and, 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 and some roads. The company I was working for had a yard about a mile down the road where they worked on their equipment. They had buildings there and they stored heavy equipment there and they stored supplies and all that sort of thing. It was a big area, but, um, and, there was a strip of, of woods and swamp and, and kind of marshy. There were some overgrown fields as well. And it was, it was, it was very tight though. Cause on the other side of it was an industrial park. And then there was houses on both ends, but it was very narrow and kind of L shaped piece of property that it, but it wasn't very big either, but you know, throughout the summer working on the job, I had been seeing a lot of deer and some nice deer. So, you know, one day I asked the owner of the, he used to show up once in a while, the owner of the company that I was working for, if he minded if I, you know, parked in the yard and, and hunted around the, on the land, because he had the land leased for his, you know, construction company. And uh, I said, sure, you know, whatever. And um, I didn't pay much attention to it. I was hunting around the house a lot, and then I wanted something different. So I decided to try it. And it probably wasn't until about um, maybe the second week. And it was right towards the end of bow season, second week in November. I went out there and finally tried it because I had picked out a tree and I, I climbed up in my climber and uh, boy, I had a great hunt. I mean, I saw two really nice bucks, one 10 pointer, one eight pointer, and I believe one or two smaller bucks and some does. And, uh, but I, I didn't get back there until, well, then gun season started and it was actually Thanksgiving morning, 2003. Uh, I decided to go back. And I hunted a stand. I, I had set a stand. I had a chain on stand with some steps that I had set and I hunted, but I knew I had to get back, you know, to the house. I wasn't, it wasn't going to be a long hunt. So I think around nine o'clock I got down and I had where these deer were coming from. I wanted to kind of go look over, you know, where they were coming from. So mm -hmm. I got down and I walked over there. Now this is a little piece of land that I didn't think anybody in their right mind would try to shoot a rifle in here. That's the only reason why I was in there. Um, because, you know, I, I don't want to deal with rifle hunters. I don't hunt with a rifle because, 
you know, it's just not my thing. I have nothing against it, but you know, I don't want to have the company of a rifle hunter or any hunter for that mind. I mean, I just, I just, I like to do my own thing and that's why I hunt. I'll hunt a lesser spot if I think I can be alone as opposed to a better spot where I'm going to share it with other people. I just, you know, I kind of like to do my thing. And that's, that's kind of what I thought this was. And, uh, but anyway, I get down, I saw some deer and I got down and I walked to this other side of the property, which wasn't very far. And I had my bow in my hand and I'm looking up and I'm, I'm looking for a tree that I could climb with my climber for next time I came back, I was going to hunt the next morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all of a sudden, you know, and I was kind of walking around slow and I had picked a tree out and I was, you know, you kind of from the ground figure out, okay, I can shoot here and I can shoot over here. And that's what I was doing, kind of slowly walking around this tree. And all of a sudden, you know, honestly, my first reaction as I stepped, I thought I had stepped on something that blew up because my leg, my, it was my right leg. My leg flew out in front of me, kind of kicked out in front of me and I can, it didn't knock me over. And I grabbed my leg and I can remember hopping around on one leg as I held my other leg up in my hand. I kind of had it bent up so I could hold on to it. And I knew something was going on. I looked down and my, my foot was still there. For some reason, I thought I had stepped on something that blew up. I'm not sure why that was the first thing I thought of, but that's what it felt like because my whole leg kind of went numb. But I knew something really bad had happened. And, you know, I looked down and my, everything's still there. And then all of a sudden, a split second later, it hit me. Oh, my God, somebody just shot me. So my first reaction is to start yelling because you know in that split second where all this your mind is just all I could think of was my god I don't want him to shoot me again you know exactly you know so I just started screaming at the top of my lungs um that you shot me because I knew somebody was around that had just pulled the trigger and had put a bullet through my leg somewhere I couldn't tell yet and I just didn't want them to shoot me again because I knew I had survived this one so far. I didn't know, have no idea what kind of damage I had. But anyway, you know, a second later, I hear voices and say, we didn't, sh-. actually, the guy told me he didn't shoot me at first. Well, I said, somebody shot me. I yelled back, somebody shot me. I need help. You know, and come to find out, I see two guys running down towards me and come to find out, I look up the hill and there was like a little dike there almost. And it was, it, it, it raises it raised up about 20 feet and they were up on top of this little dike like thing. And I see two people up there. They're only 25 yards away from me. Actually, they were less than, they figured out it was less than 25 yards from where, from, from me to where the guy shot from. So they both start coming and I see them both coming. There's two people. And I was like, well, you both can't come. Somebody has got to go for help. You know, and I'm yelling all this as I'm, I'm just trying to think this through as, (laughs) you know, and it's all, this is all within, 30 seconds still, you know, of, of when it all happened. So the kid that it was actually the kid supposedly that shot me, I guess, a 17 year old kid was with his father. He was standing right next to him when the kid pulled the trigger. And, uh, you know, long story short, the father admitted to me that, yeah, it was my son. He shot, he thought you were a deer. He saw something moving and he shot. Um, my mistake was that I did not have orange on. Um, I had an orange hat in my truck because I knew if I had hit something and I had to start wandering, um, I was going to put the hat on. That was the strategy um, because I really didn't think there'd be anybody in there, but I knew if I had to get off, you know, and start wandering further and further away from where I had started, then, you know, I was going to go back to the truck and get the, but whatever. I didn't have my orange on. It's not, it, you, it's not mandatory in New York, so we don't have to wear it um, in hindsight. 
it may not have happened had I had my orange on. But anyway, the guy comes to me and I, I had him check my leg and, and see how bad it was because I could not see it. I had, you know, I had like three layers of clothes on. Right. And I had him check to see how bad it was bleeding. Cause I took, you know, I told him flat out. I said, if this is, if this hits my, if this has hit my artery, I'm not, you know, you're not going to have much time to get me out of here. I'm not going to make it. So, you know, thank God I, I felt my leg. I could feel some blood coming out and he, at best he could tell, it didn't look like it was spurting out or anything like that. My leg was still in one piece as far as bone wise. You know, I could, I could, it hurt, but I could, I knew, you know, my bones were intact because I could bend my leg and nothing was kinked, you know, in a, in a weird way or anything like that. So, um, he stayed with me. Um, and then, you know, he was, I just kept telling him, just talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Cause I do not want to pay. I didn't want to leave my life in this guy's hands because you know, I, you know, and this is something I never, you know, you never think you're going to have to go through this, you know? So, but you know, in hindsight, thinking back, I, I think I made all the right decisions in, in, in such a stressful situation. You know, I had him talking to me and, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, it was from blood loss. People tell me maybe I was going into shock, but, and I've never had this happen before. I've never passed out. I've never blacked out in my life or anything like that. But um, all of a sudden, as I'm talking to this guy, and this is when I got scared, um, like if you if you like if you were looking out in front of yourself and there was a circle you were looking through and all of a sudden the circle the black edges of the circle that are out wide are all of a sudden getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until and and as it's getting smaller i'm telling this guy he said oh my god oh my god something's going on talk to me talk to me talk to me you know this circle's getting smaller and all i can see is black except right in the middle a little tiny speck in the middle of this circle mm. in my vision and, you know, and I'm, and I'm starting to get scared and I'm talking louder and he's talking louder and all of a sudden, poof, it went away and I could see everything again. So I don't know what it was. I managed to keep myself out of shock maybe or whatever it was, but, um, that was a very scary part of it. Um, anyway, you know, he, he was talking to me and, um, I was okay. And it really started to hurt, but I knew I was okay. And then thank God I started, I could, I mean, I started hearing sirens in the distance. Um, uh, I could hear a helicopter soon. I mean, I could hear the sirens first for a while and I knew somebody was coming. I could tell cause the whole town was lighting up. I wasn't far from the town of Chester when all this was happening, but there was, there was sirens and, and, you know, stuff going on all over the place. And, uh, so people started showing up and I, I could hear a helicopter in the distance, EMTs, uh, state trooper, local cops started showing up. And, and then I knew, you know, at, at that point, I, I, that's when the pain was really setting in. But, you know, once, once the EMTs and everybody started showing up, I knew, I kind of knew I was going to be all right. You know, I, I, you know, cause it's amazing the things you think about, you know, in a situation like that, whether you, you know, you may never, and my, my son was only, Cade was only, I want to say three at the time because my daughter wasn't even born yet. And, uh, you know, am I ever going to see, am I ever going to see my son again? Am I ever going to see my wife again? Am I ever going to be able to run with my son? You know, am I going to be able to play ball? Am I going to be able to walk? You know, and all these things are just flying through my mind. And anyway, they, they showed up and, uh, 
they got me on a on a backboard. You know, they they started cutting my pants, and I hated that they were cutting my camo up. But um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I figured it'd be all right, you know. And and uh, they strapped me to a backboard, and they actually had to get a pickup truck. They they managed to get a pickup truck following on the top of this dike, and they backed it up. But they had to carry me up almost straight up this this twenty five yards or so up this hill to the pickup truck, and. Uh, they put me in the back of the pickup truck and they took it. It was probably maybe a 150 yards, maybe on this. And they, you know, and they ended the, the helicopter had landed out in the yard where I had parked my truck out in the, you know, the company I was working for out in their yard. Mm-hmm. Cause there was a big clearing out there. And, uh, yeah. And I, uh, by then my leg was, I mean, the pain had really set in the numbness was gone. The burning was gone. It was just flat out, you know, horrible pain. So, you know, they, they shot me up with morphine when I got to the, to the, the medevac helicopter. And, uh, yeah, I took an $8,000 helicopter ride and to Westchester medical center. And, uh, you know, like I said, I knew by then I was, you know, I was going to make it. I, I didn't know if I was going to walk again. I didn't know, you know, that sort of thing, but I mean, they assured me that, you know, everything was going to be okay. You're, you're fine. And, and all that thing. So, um, I got to the hospital and again, they started cutting, you know, they started cutting all my clothes off and I wasn't, I wasn't real happy about that, but, um, <laughs> I still, uh, after an $8,000 helicopter ride, you can, yeah. um, <laughs> the so I, here's the funny part. I get to the hospital and the, the helicopter pilot, um, asks me if there's anybody that he can call for me to let him know what's going on because nobody, you know, I had no communication with anybody yet. And, you know, now I'm, I'm in by, you know, by a car ride, I'm an hour and 15, 20 minutes away now from where I should be. So I said, yeah, call my wife. I gave him the number. He disappears for about five minutes and uh, he comes back and he's like, you play a lot of, you know, you, you mess around with your wife a lot. You play a lot of tricks on your wife or something. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, she doesn't believe me that, that I, that I told her what's going on. And she ha- she does, doesn't believe me. She thinks I'm kidding. She thinks you put me up to this and whatever. <laughs> so, so now, you know, and I'm in good spirits now I'm shot up with morphine and you know, I'm, I've got, you know, medical people around me. So I know I'm all right. You know? So I said, well, just, get her on the phone again, if you could, and I'll talk to her this time. And, uh, yeah. So I, he calls her back and he hands me the phone and I'm just like, she's like, what's going on? You know, now she's getting worried because this is the second call. Now she thinks, you know, something's really There's going something on. Something to so, this, right? Yeah, exactly. So I told her, I said, it's true. You know, I got shot. I took a helicopter ride. I'm at Westchester medical center. And now she's freaking out. You know, now she's, now it's not funny anymore. And, uh, I said, just, you know, get a hold of my parents. And now it's Thanksgiving morning. I mean, my mother's getting stuff ready. She's getting stuff ready, you know, the whole deal. So I've, I've ruined Thanksgiving now, but I told her, just get a hold of my parents and, you know, take your time. I'm fine. Um, whenever you can get here, just, you know, come on down. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. I spent, uh, I don't know, three or four days in the hospital. The only time I've ever spent any time in a hospital. And, uh, but the, the worst part of the, the worst pain of the whole experience was when, um, my wife and my mom and dad had gotten there already and they had to flush the wound and they took this thing. It looked like a big turkey baster with the bulb on mm-hmm. the end of it. 
and it had saline solution in it and they stuck it in one side of the wound and squeezed that bulb and just rinsed everything out. And that's when I almost passed out. That's when <laughs> my wife said I turned green and I was, it's one of those times when you just clench your teeth and you scream, but you try not to scream. And it was, that was the absolute worst time um, as far as pain, you know, dealing with the whole situation when they were cleaning it out. But, you know, today I ended up, you know, everybody was telling me, oh, you're going to be a rich man. You're going to sue this guy. Well, I, I apparently I got shot by the, the, you know, one of the poorest families in Orange County and I didn't get nothing for it, but I'm here today to talk about it. And that's all that counts. And I consider myself very lucky. You know, people say, man, you're so unlucky. Who got, you know, how many people get shot? And that, but I don't, I don't look at it that way. I look at myself as being very lucky. And, uh, you know, a lot of great things have happened in my life, not because of that necessarily, but since then. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's about it. How long did it take you to fully recover? Um, let's see. I was I was out of work. That happened in November. I was back to work the following spring. You know, on on a construction site. So um, I want to say I was probably walking normal like three months later, probably I want to say, because they couldn't, they couldn't stitch anything. They had to let it heal from the inside out. So, and you know, the hole going in was, was a pinky, you know, like, you know, diameter of a bullet basically. And, but the hole going out, of course, the bullet mushroomed and it blew, it blew a hole probably, I want to say about, it was kind of oblong and it was about two and a half inches long, I want to say, and about an inch and a half wide. And I had a nurse coming. She used to come and, and pack the wound for a couple of weeks. She'd come every day and she'd pack it and then take the, you know, the, the gauze out. That's how they let it heal. And, um, you know, your skin being elastic and that sort of thing, even though it blew such a big hole when she used to pack the wound, she used to like tuck her finger behind, you know, like in the wound and then tuck it in like around the edges, like in further. So it blew a lot more muscle out then the skin actually showed mm. because the skin is, you know, I guess it's cause it's elastic, but it was, it's quite a, you know, but it healed up. I mean, you know, to this day, I, there's, there's plenty of days. I don't, you know, I don't even think about it anymore. It does it never stopped me from doing anything. Um, I don't have the flexibility in that leg. I probably used to, but um, no, it's all, it's all good. You know, it's, <laughs> I, sometimes I forget about it. Sometimes people ask me about it and, you know, like I said, I, I just consider myself very fortunate. So, Kurt, going back to 2003, that was a that was a fair bit of time ago. Yeah. Obviously, just a major event. Mm -hmm. Do you think that what you went through had a long-term impact on how you look at life or how you go about pursuing life? or what you're doing with Cade or, I mean, usually big stuff like that has a big impact. How do you think it, it think it, any enriching thing came out of that or was it just three months of getting gauze changed? Oh no, it was moderating trad gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it started out. But no, I, uh, yeah, it's, it definitely changed how I, you know, I look at things and, um, don't put things off as you know like I used to as much um I try to do what I can I'm always um 
you know, growing up, my parents were always, you know, I played a lot of baseball and did a lot of things like that. And, you know, whether I was, I always said I was going to be the parent that was always there for my kids, regardless, because I can remember, you know, whether I had a game where I struck out three times or I had three hits, you know, it was always nice that my parents were there. I always looked forward to them being there, whether it was good or bad, you know, and I always said I was going to be that parent, but, you know, and after this happened, you know, like I said, my daughter wasn't even born yet, but, you know, I just, I just promised myself that I wasn't going to miss anything. You know, and there's, there's still times today that, you know, I'll leave work, you know, unless I ha absolutely have to be there, I'm leaving because I, I, my son's got a game, my daughter's got a game, whatever. I, I just, I just try not to miss anything. Of course you have to miss some things, but you know, I just, yeah, I, you know, my hunting trips, if I can, if I can do it, I'm going to try. I certainly, you know, I'm not a rich man by, by, by any means working construction, but, uh, you know, if I can, if I can do a trip, I, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to wait till I retire or, or wait till next year or this or that, you know, I'm going to, I try to do it. You know, I have a, I've, I've shared a bunch of hunts, you know, with, with Terry and some other guys with Tracy Potter. I mean, I'm going to Kansas this year for the third time in a row, third year in a row with my buddy Tracy from trad gang. Another guy who's like a brother to me now that I've, you know, hunted with him a few times and got to, you know, I leave November 8th to go to Kansas this year. And that's something that, you know, had, had I had a different outlook on things, you know, but since that happened, it's, I don't put it off anymore. And Tracy's been through some trying times with his health and, you know, we both kind of, we're both beat up a little bit, but, you know, we both look forward to getting together for the last three years and, and hopefully we get to keep doing it. And, and uh, yeah, that's, I definitely look at things a lot different. Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny. So I joined trad gang, I think three days after cancer was cut out of me. Oh, really? Yep. Changed oh, wow. my life. Same thing, right? I'm not going to miss a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, you, you don't realize that sometimes, you know, that, you know, little things are important to other people, you know, and sometimes you kind of overlook that and, and it's, it's easy to do and, and it's not, it's not always about us sometimes either, you know, I just, just got to think about other people and, and yeah, you, you, you realize what really is important in life and, and what, you know, maybe used to be important or what people tell you is important. And it's, it's not really that important. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. different. So you're going to back to Kansas. Yeah. You previously talked about South Carolina, Texas, New York, <laughs> Have you been everywhere? No, I have not, but uh, <laughs> I have traveled. I, I'm very lucky, and, and this is one of the things that Trad Gang has provided me and enriched my life with, was I have made so many friends, you know, in other parts of the world, of this country, I should say, that um, if I had to pay for the hunts, like outfitter-wise or something like that, that I've been on, um, there's no way I could have done even a quarter of what I've done. You know, this is all friends, you know, invites that, you know, buy a plane ticket, come out here and we'll go hunting sort of thing. And that's what it is with Tracy. Um, that's what it was down in South Carolina with, with Terry. I mean, I've been down and hunted hogs in Florida with Marty McMahon. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, just, and like I said, I mean, I hunted Montana with a friend that I, a guy that I met on trad gang. I hunted out there for 11 days. All the, you know, I flew out there and, and 
we hunted for 11 days like two buddies and you know, I, I had a really good hunt. I killed a beautiful whitetail buck, a pope and young deer. I killed a doe and I killed an antelope on that trip. Again, I mean, that's a trip that would have probably cost me $10,000 had I had to pay for it. But, you know, it was just me and a buddy hunting. And that's what it is with Tracy. You know, I just very fortunate that way. And 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 99% of it is through the friends I've made at Trad Gang, you know, and then and that's why, you know, people should, that's, you know, don't, if somebody invites you to do something, don't say you're going to do it, you know, next year or, you know, someday, because someday may not be here, you know, and, and when people, you know, when I know it's, it's a person that I want to hunt with, because I'm very picky about who I hunt with, but, you know, through trad gang or through getting to know somebody, you know, you, you know, it's pretty quick that you can tell pretty quick if it's somebody you want to hunt with or not. And, uh, you know, just, just do it. You know, if somebody invites you to do something and it's not going to take food off your table or, or, you know, <laughs> just do it. That's, that's all I can say is, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to do something and you can afford it, or if you have to save up a little bit to afford it, you know, that's, that's why I do it. If, like I said, Tom, if I, and Steve, if I had to pay for these trips, there's, there's just no way I would have done 90% of what I'd done. I, I think that's great advice. Uh, and I would agree. And I'll even go a step further and say, you know, uh, I have to admit, I can really thank Tom for a lot of the adventures I've had over the last six years because, you know, Tom and I just got to be real good friends real quick. Nick, the same thing, just kind of all at the same time. And, and, uh, there's been, there's definitely been some hunts that Tom and I've been on that I, I, I've been putting off for 30 some years. So, right. you know, uh, so I can echo what you're saying and, and I'll just say, you know, I hope there's a, I hope there's a campfire in our future somewhere, Kurt, because, you know, I'd, I'd really like to get to meet you at this point because I feel like I've known you for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel the same way. I would, I would, I would love to, I mean, Terry and I have been talking about, you know, getting back together at some point here, me coming down South and, and, and doing something. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's just, it's, it's a matter of, of planning it a little bit and, and getting our schedules together and just making it happen really, because um, like I said, something, a lot of things have changed in my life as far as, you know, spare time and Terry's the same way and uh, it just hasn't happened. But yeah, I would, I would, you know, guys like, you know, you can tell, the guys, you know, you're just, you could tell people that you want to spend, you know, time with around a campfire or hunting or whatever. And, and, you know, I feel the same way about you guys. I would love to someday, you know, wherever, whenever, somehow, you know, get together and, and just do what we love to do. And that's, that's, that's what, that's kind of what I miss about the group hunts on trad gang and stuff, you know, and the group hunts weren't always, you know, not, not everybody wasn't, I wouldn't say everybody wasn't people and no, nobody was ever really bad, but you know, it, you, you go on a group hunt with 10, maybe 15 guys. And, and it's, it's not everybody that you'd say, man, I'd love to hunt with that guy again someday, or I'd love to do this with that guy. You know, it's, it's not always, you're always there. You're like-minded and but you know, there's, there's always a select few that you kind of really hit it off with. And, uh, you know, you kind of feel like you've known them forever. You can talk about anything with them and you just have great conversation and you, you know, you hunt together and you kind of, you can almost feed off each other without even hardly knowing each other. And that's, you know, that's kind of the way it is with, with, uh, with Terry, that's the way it's been over the years. And, and a couple of, and Tracy's the same way. Tracy's, you know, he's, 
he's just you know well people say the salt of the earth and that's that's tracy there isn't a nicer guy out there and um i just love getting together with him i can't wait you know i'm a little over two weeks out and uh we're gonna be you know we're gonna we're gonna get up in the morning and hunt kansas whitetails from as long as we want to and get up for eight straight days and do it all over again that sounds great yeah you know, one thing about drag gang, you, you talk about those hunts, and I, I got to do a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, earlier, earlier you guys were talking about social and uh, and trad gang, and I, I think the big thing about a moderated site is it was a safe place for anybody to ask anything, and it built a sense of community. Yeah, and it seemed like the you know trad gang folks that I met. You know, and especially doing those types of hunts, there were there were, you know there were some people you you know didn't click with, but right. it seemed like it was far more often than not that you know it was it was good people that you were with, and yeah, it was I, an anomaly. It was it was you know the the opposite of other sites that I won't mention by name, but we all you know yeah. previously, yeah. No, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. For I mean, for the most part, it's just, you know, and just just yesterday I was on Facebook. One of the, it might have even have been today, I was checking in on one of those traditional bow hunter websites, and you know, guys just say anything, and mm. I I couldn't believe what you know th- this guy said something. Uh, I mean, I know who it is. I'm not even going to say who it was, but it was something about the arrow sticking in the deer. Try to take the picture, you know, with the arrow without the arrow stuck in the deer. Blah blah blah. A little more respectful, and there was guys on there cussing at him, you know. Like, I mean, and I'm talking dropping f bombs, and <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should say that on here, but you know, and because there's there's no moderation, so you know, they just they just get on there and just whatever, and you know, I don't. That's why. For the most part, I really miss Tradgang and I really miss, you know. Well, and you, know, you think be, about that, right? From a newbie perspective, if you see that going on, how do you post a serious question about your brace height or tabs versus gloves or, you know, the, the thing we see a million times over and over because nobody found that tips and tricks read this first at the top. But, I mean, you know, that was the great thing about Tradgang. And, I, you know, I, I do I, I, I would like to think I would have persevered and found my own way. Yeah. But having that community to lean on in those early years when I was asking dumb questions, it, it, it mattered a lot. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that, that was always, you know, the biggest thing, you know, expect to be, you know, you, you have to be respectable. And if you're not, I mean, there's, you know, you'll, you'll get whatever, you know, you'll get a warning, you get a little slap on the hand, you know, don't do that again or whatever. And then, you know, it, it got to be the point, you know, to the point over over the years that you know our patients as moderators and administrators just were were worn thin you know when somebody come on and acted a fool said foolish things and you know they just there was no you know you didn't get put in time out you just you were gone you know it just if you're gonna if you're gonna do that i mean if you're the kind of person that's going to post something whatever it was that was just totally you know wacky that you know you just if you're in the mentality to do it once, well, you're probably going to do it again. So, yeah. you know, you're going to be gone. And that's, you know, little by little, we had less patience, you know, than, than we did in the beginning. And, you know, as, 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 
as more and more people found out about Tradigang is it grew and grew and grew and grew because it grew like, you know, wildfire. Um, you know, you attract more and more guys that really, you know, they maybe they weren't really serious about what they were doing or just whatever. So you never knew what was going to show up or who was going to show up. Well, and it's a good point that you, you bring up about the, the, the social media thing. And I know exactly the, the post that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of a, a, a double-edged sword. So one thing that you see on Facebook that you, you didn't have in the, in the forums is the moderation's much less because the whole idea around the Facebook groups is how many members can we get? Right. And you get a lot, and, and, and here's the double-edged sword I'm talking about. You get a lot of people in those groups that maybe they're wanting to try traditional bow hunting, or maybe they've just got into traditional bow hunting. The problem is they're coming into traditional bow hunting with the mindset and the mentality of the whack 'em stack 'em crowd that they've, you know, picked up watching the outdoors channel and all this stuff. And right. you get a guy that makes a post like that. And I'm not talking about everybody because I do know there was one person who I'm good friends with and I respect that somewhat disagreed with the guy, but he did it. He didn't do it the way you're talking about with the F bombs and so forth. Right, right. But I get what the guy's trying to say. And I even said a follow-up question to his post of, you know, while we're on this subject, why can't people simply take the time to stage a good photo with that animal? I mean, you just took an animal's life. There's not much that gets more serious to me than that. And I get it that sometimes, in fact, this, this past weekend, the, the, the doe that I shot, I, for multiple reasons, and I, I'm not going to go into all the details, for multiple reasons, I didn't have time. And I took one picture with my cell phone because I had to, once I, you know, once I put my hands on her, I had to get her out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, the tasteless photos is what the guy was trying to say. And I, I get it 100%. And right. there's just a respect factor that, a lot of a lot of hunters today in my opinion have either lost or never had and that's i think that's what the guy was trying to get, get yeah across yeah that's i mean that i think that you're right that's all he was trying to do it just and, and it was just a suggestion you know i mean he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't bashing anybody he wasn't bashing anybody he wasn't nasty about it i mean you know there wasn't all capitals or anything like that i mean <laughs> you know but it's just being an open forum like that they just whatever you know, it brings out the crazy people, I guess. I don't know. And there's, and there's nobody to tell them that they can't say that or can't post that or whatever. And it just, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know why people, you know, if you don't have something good to say, don't say it. If you don't have something good to write, don't write it. Just whatever. I hear you. So Kurt, can I ask you a question? Sure. So getting into the picture thing. Mm-hmm. So once I thought I saw a picture of you holding an itty bitty dead hog. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, in fact, a hog that you caught with your hands in Florida. Did I understand <laughs> that right? Yes. Yes, that is absolutely right. I was trying to figure, I'm thinking, as you're saying this, a little bitty hog. You're right. I, when you, Yeah, I, I caught, uh, that was another hunt. I was down um, visiting my in-laws who live in Florida. And another thing, you know, trad gang, I, I ended up hunting with uh, Don Davis, because he, you know, he was down there and he, we had been in communication somehow. And that was the same year that I went down and hunted with Marty McMahon. And I knew I was going to be in Florida for a couple of weeks. So I reached out to both of them, you know, cause they always said, if you're ever down here, you know, come on, we'll go hunting. 
so I did, and I ended up I ended up going to, with Don first for two days, I think. Don Davis down to his the land that he had been hunting on his lease. Um, met a couple of his friends. You know, we uh, I stayed there overnight, and uh, yeah, I, uh, we came up on this little sounder of hogs. And <laughs> I, I was going to say, Kurt, I, I'd kind of like to hear the long version of this. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, I see we hunted I got there that evening and we hunted a little bit and we didn't see anything got up the next morning um I can't remember we hunted around for a while because it was I only had one day to hunt one full day and that was that day and you know we were kind of just still hunting around and he had a couple feeders we were going to check that he knew about and uh I can't remember if because I shot a hog too, and I can't remember if I shot one first or we or I caught the one first. But I, I think I caught caught him first, because we ended up spooking some hogs, and there was a whole bunch of little ones. I mean, and these were little tiny things with stripes on them still, and I had never seen anything like that. So, you know, of course, me being me, I decided I'm going to try to catch one, and uh, and I did. I, I mean, <laughs> and it was squealing, it was doing the whole thing, but it finally calmed down, and I held it for a picture, and you know, and then. I let it go and, you know, Don snapped the picture and I, I let it go. And then uh, a little while later we were sneaking up to, you know, he told me the, the feeder and there was another feeder up there and I thought we could hear something as we were getting closer. And sure enough, there was hogs under the feeder and, uh, you know, I snuck in nice and close and uh, I shot one. I, I believe it was a sow. Yeah. Cause up to, up to then I had never killed a, uh, I'd only killed a couple of hogs then. And I had never killed a boar hog, but it was a beautiful reddish, almost like a brindle color, red and red and red and blackish um, hog. And uh, yeah, so I caught one and I killed one on that on that day and a half long trip. It was pretty cool. So I saw that, mm-hmm. and then I saw a couple other people post about you know catching uh, uh, small pigs, right? Mm-hmm. And so it took me three years. I tried and I tried and I got within arm's reach of maybe three or four of them over the years. Yeah. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was two years ago, day after my birthday, um, put the creep on, Steve took a few pictures of it and sneaky as I could possibly be, I finally caught, uh, caught a little, caught a little boar. <laughs> and took a picture and so i posted to media like i i just thought like hey this is the coolest thing yeah. uh, and some people had thought that i had shot it and i was oh, just so confused by that and i i had yeah. to end up like doing a little caption like no yeah. this is not what you think it is <laughs> um you know put him back yeah. down and went squealing off to his brothers and sisters and everything yeah. was fine but yeah uh it was pretty funny but I saw that picture and uh, a couple other guys had them and I was like, man, that, you know, that's, <laughs> so, that's quite a, quite a, quite an accomplishment. So to be clear, Kurt caught a baby pig and then yes. shot an adult pig. Let's just make sure everybody understands yes. what's so going be, on. Before the internet explodes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I did. And it, and it was not the mother of the, <laughs> of the little pig that I caught either. So don't, don't. And, and for the record, I was with Tom when he caught his, I actually took photos the whole time he was stalking. Uh, these little pigs. So, and I know that no, no piglet was harmed. In fact, it was so funny, Kurt, cause he, when, when, as long as Tom was holding that little piglet, 
yep. wide as it could be, wouldn't yes. make a noise. As yep. soon as its feet touched the ground, yep. it would start squealing. And if he picked it back <laughs> up, it would stop. It was the weirdest thing. We were sitting there laughing about it. Yeah. Uh, but when he let it go, you know, they it it took off, went right down the same path that its siblings had gone down just, you know, a few minutes earlier. So yeah. It was, oh, yeah. it, it was definitely very cool to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, I, I, you know, I never planned on it or anything, but I just saw the opportunity and I'm like, I'm going to try to catch one of them. And I, I think I kind of got lucky. I think I kind of almost like pinned it against something that it couldn't get around. Or if I remember right, I don't think I, you know, flat out ran it down or anything like that. I think I just kind of worked it into an area where I could catch it. And, and I, and I did. The ones of Tom's was so funny because he, he was easing up on them and there was like a, uh, it seemed like it was a little uh, limb or something out of an oak tree that still had leaves on it. And when they realized he was there, they shot into this thing and just hit the ground. And he just reached <laughs> down and picked it up. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was so cool to watch. It was really, really yeah, it was. Oh, that's it was cool. Fun. I prefer my stealthy ninja version of that better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to steal your thunder, Tom. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> and you know what's funny is that. So the previous day, which was Tom's birthday, we hunted this same area and what we, we actually got on, it was a Creek and we got on each side of the Creek and I was walking through the Creek bed and just peeking out over the Creek bank into the flat and spotted a hog and put a stalk on it and got that hog. We went back the next day and we, we switched. So I said, Tom, you know, here's what I did yesterday. You, you know, you do the same thing. And we started, we didn't go 30 yards. And I look over and Tom's waving at me. And I'm like, there's a herd of hogs over here, you know? So I take off and when I get over there, he's pointing out there and you see these little pigs. And I knew as soon as he pointed what was getting ready to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> so I got to ask you, Kurt, uh, mm -hmm. longbow or recurve? Um, recently both. I shoot, I definitely shoot more recurve. Um, over the years, oh, especially right after I had to open up with the, the whole <laughs> insult to recurve hunters. Yeah, <laughs> but no, no, that, that's fine. I've, I've killed stuff with both. Actually, like last year is a perfect example. I, uh, let's see, I shot, I shot the doe last year with, with my recurve. And then I went to Kansas. I didn't shoot another deer until I went to Kansas in early, um, early November. And the very last day of the hunt last year, eight days on the eighth day, November 10th, I hadn't, I hadn't shot anything. I hadn't even shot an arrow. I seen some nice bucks passed up some smaller ones, probably ones I shouldn't have passed up, but, um, and I shot a doe first. It was actually the first doe, believe it or not, the first doe that was within range in eight days at can in Kansas. And I shot her. And then an hour later, I shot the buck that I shot. It was like a 135-ish mainframe 10-point with three stickers on it. Just a beautiful deer. I was, I was, I mean, I've got some, I got video of it that, you know, nobody's really seen yet that who knows when I'll finally get to it, but I hope to soon. But it was just a phenomenal deer. It happened very fast. The doe, you know, was more, I saw her come in and more methodic, um, methodical, but the buck just showed up behind a cedar tree and I barely got the camera on and with time to shoot and the whole deal. But, um, yeah, but then, so that was three deer to cut that story off, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I, as soon as I got home, uh, 
it was almost time for gun season. I switched as it gets colder. My longbow is only 50 pounds. So instead of 60, like my recurve. So, you know, I shot my longbow for a couple, couple days in the first weekend of gun season, I took my longbow out, which is a, uh, it's a timber ghost longbow that Kent Roberts from Arkansas makes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I shot a doe opening day of gun season with the, uh, with the longbow. And then the very following weekend, I shot a, a beautiful big body. Like it was like a three and a half, four and a half year old six pointer, um, with the same bow, the next, the next out of the same exact stand a week, exactly a week later. So well, I killed three deer with a recurve and two deer with the longbow last year. Well, I will tell you in all seriousness, and I meant to circle back up this again before I get, you know, hate email about hating on <laughs> recurve. So yeah. honestly and truly, and I do, I did say that more joking than anything. I think I've even posted pretty much the same thing on Facebook, but when I first started shooting traditional, I started with a recurve yeah. and I couldn't shoot them. I, I mean, I just, I, I, I could shoot them. I could, I wasn't consistent with them. Yeah. Um, and then when I first started trying, when I first tried a longbow, actually it was Joe Coots, who I know, you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Joe invited me to a a local trad club and I tried some longbows and I was actually just immediately more consistent. So I started shooting longbows and, and really had shot them ever since, but I kept a few recurves and I'd play around with them a little bit, but even today, even though I joked about it being easier, I have to put in a lot more concentration to shoot a recurve than I do a longbow. Really? Now, what, what kind of uh, – and you're talking about, like, a real – like, you know, not not a – I mean, like, my longbow has, like, a recurve grip on it. You know, it's, those are – it seems to be those are the only ones that I can shoot any good, you know, like hill-style bow or anything like that. Uh, maybe it's just the ones I've tried. I just – you know, it for me – the grip isn't repeatable <laughs> and, and the ones that I've shot, you know, shook my teeth and I actually dropped a bow once a guy handed me a bow said, you know, and I'm left-handed, so I don't get to shoot a lot of different bows most of the time. And he handed me this bow, a great bow, you know, Kurt, you got to try this thing. You got to try this thing. And he handed it to me and, you know, and I shoot with a very open, relaxed grip. You know, I don't hold the bow at all. I mean, I shoot with a straight wrist. I don't, I don't have a broken wrist with, my, you know, my heel down or anything. I shoot almost compound style. That's kind of how I learned to shoot. And uh, I shot it, and I was inside. You know, I was at a, 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 lo- a guy around here, a local guy. used to have a, a traditional archery shop, just a little thing, and this uh, concrete floor. And I, I let that thing go, and it shook my hand so bad, it just fell right on the ground. and went clank, 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 all over the concrete floor. <laughs> I was like, I was mortified and I, yeah, I was like, sorry, but it was horrible. You know, it was just, it was not good. I, and, um, it took me a while, you know, I, I always shot recurves pretty much. And I went through several long bows before I found one that I really, really like, and that I could shoot well. And, uh, I've actually won a couple competitions with it, you know, and shooting in the longbow class, just local, you know, like the long, the muzzy shoot. I won, um, with it a couple of years ago. And, uh, yeah, but I can switch those two bows. It seems I can switch back and forth with without a problem at all. And I shoot more of the the hill style bows. I've got I've yeah. got a couple of the uh, mild RD style bows, but I never I never shoot mm-hmm. them. I'm I'm just a hill shooter. But yep. yeah, when I go when I go from that to a, a recurve, and I have what's funny is after shooting longbows for a long time, I can now shoot a recurve fairly consistently and fairly well. But I still have to. 
I, I have to just put a lot more concentration. I have to really pay attention to what I'm doing yeah. where it's just natural with a longbow. So I got, maybe I'm just an oddity. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're, you're totally opposite of me. Cause I mean, this bow, you know, this longbow that I have now, like I said, it, it has like a recurve grip that he made specifically as close as he could to, you know, what I'm used to shooting. But, um, I tried several other longbows and it was, it was the opposite for me after shooting a recurve for however many years, you know, and then trying to switch back and forth. I just, I totally had to, you know, where shooting my recurve was, I didn't have to think about anything. I just shot it. And I really had to really, really concentrate on doing everything perfect with a longbow to make it work. And, uh, to me, that's just, I, I, I'm not into that. I want, I want, I want a bow that's going to shoot without having to put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, you know, it's just, I'm not a really that much of a tinkerer when it comes to things like that. I, I know if a bow is right for me within a few shots, um, it doesn't take long. And if it's not going to be right, then if I have to put too much extra effort into it, then it's just, it's not worth it. Very cool. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. So, I think who mentioned Joe Coots? That was Steve. Steve. So, I've hunted with that guy once, once or twice, and I was just thinking. I think Chase was about maybe the same age that Cade would be now. The first oh. time we hunted together. Yeah. That sounds about right, because I hunted with Joe in Texas, and Chase was, I want to say he was probably about 14 then when we yeah. went to Texas. So, yeah. Well, I think I think he was about 17 or 18. Yeah. And uh, so just checking in, because I, I haven't been keeping up. Uh, is Cade hunting this year? Is he um, loving the outdoors? Do you think those early <laughs> exposures – uh, you know, counted toward anything or is he kind of doing his own thing? Well, that, that is an absolutely great question. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, where, where he, when he was little, he used to do everything with me. I never had to bug him to do anything um, to practice or anything as he's getting older, it's getting harder and harder. It seems to get him in the woods. Um, last year he hunted a grand total with me three times. Um, okay. opening day, he went deer hunting with me and he shot it at a beautiful six pointer. Um, but the deer was on to us and, uh, he jumped back about to about 15 yards. He was walking straight at us and just picked us right out in the tree. Cause we were both up in the tree and, uh, you know, he, he started working last year. He delivers pizza at the local delivery place and he loves it. And, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's just got other interests now, but anyway, that was opening day. And then he hunted once. I want to say towards the end of bow season, didn't shoot or anything. And then gun season last year, the weekend after I shot my big six pointer, he killed a big eight pointer. Um, you know, and uh, as big a deer as I've ever killed in New York state, he killed last year, but you know, I always say he's got, he's lucky. He's got a good guide, but I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't, you know, and, and he's killed, he's killed several turkeys with his bow, but um, it, you know, to your point, he, no, he does, he doesn't do it as much as I hoped he would, I guess, at this point. Um, he still loves it. I think, um, I don't think it's a, as big a priority in his life as, as it is in my life. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that he doesn't love it. 
you know, but he definitely doesn't do it nowhere near as, and I don't force him anymore. You know, when he was little, right. I'd say, look, dude, we're going to, you know, we're going to get up early tomorrow morning. We're going hunting, you know, as long as he was practicing, that was the deal. You got to practice so you don't go. And uh, yeah. so now he's not spending an awful lot of time practicing. So I'm not, you know, I'm not forcing him when he says, look, daddy, I've been, you know, practicing for a couple of weeks now. I'm, I'm ready to go and uh, we'll go. But he's just, <laughs> he's got other, he's got college now, you know, he's got a job. And, uh, yeah, he just, he just, he's well, not, <laughs> he's not, uh, as into it as, as I thought he would be at this point. You know, one of the, uh, nonprofit groups that I work with, uh, they have what they call the boomerang effect. Mm -hmm. So you, you raise a kid in the outdoors and then they drift off and do their thing and then they come back sometime later. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I grew up embedded in the outdoors and when i was 17 i was far more interested in girls and muscle cars than uh hunting even living in montana during elk season so right. uh, that tells you what goes on in the brain of uh, <laughs> adolescent males in the fall yeah. yeah and um but you know what you know i had my i had my moment we discussed earlier and it came back to me and yeah Next thing you know, man, I'm neck deep and have been for over a decade and loving every bit of it. And it's, you know, a very enriching part of my life. So I think it's awesome. He's got, man, that kid's got some great experiences. Yeah. And when the time is right. Yeah, that's what, like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm not forced. And, and, you know, my wife, sometimes she'll say, well, you know, just, just make him go. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to make him go. I mean, if he wants to go, he can go, but I'm not going to force him. I mean, he's 18 years old now. Like you said, he's into cars. He's got a car now that he loves and, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's embedded deep inside him. So I, I, like you say, I hope at some point, you know, it, he's going to get a lot of interest at, at some point it'll, it'll come back. And, uh, if he chooses, if, if not, you know, no big deal, I'll support him, whatever he's going to do. And, you know, if it's not hunting, whatever it is, you know, I'm going to be there for him. So, um, but if he ever wants to come back, you know, like his bow, I got his bow all set up downstairs. It's got sharp broadheads in it that I sharpened for him. You know, I, I was hoping that maybe I could, you know, maybe coax him a little bit, but, you know, I never said nothing to him, but his bow hangs downstairs. He shoots once in a while, not that much, not enough for me to say, all right, you know, let's, why don't you get up early with me tomorrow and let's go hunting. You know, he's got to put a little bit more effort into it, but he's a good shot. Um, but you know, his, his, his bow's ready downstairs whenever he's ready. It's got sharp broadheads and the quiver's loaded and it's good to go. Well, you know, we, uh, all three of us remember, at least I still remember, I'm pretty sure you guys do too, what it was like to be uh, a, a young man. I'm sure he's got some other priorities on his mind right now, but I could almost guarantee you it'll come back full circle at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. You know, but like I said, if not, you know, it's not a big deal. And it's, it's, uh, I did what I could. We have some great memories. We've got some great video, you know, to whatever. And uh, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Well, Kurt, I think we've uh, we've managed to keep you tied up here for about an hour and a half now. So, uh, you know, I really do I really do appreciate you you taking the time to to come on here, Tom. Have you got anything else you wanted to to throw out before we wrap this up? Uh, not unless Kurt ever wants to come get skunked uh, on whitetails in Michigan. You know, <laughs> if that's the case, come on out. Uh, otherwise, I think this has been a great 
great chat. So thanks for, thanks for coming on and thanks for having me on Steve. And the same thing goes for, for here in Georgia. If you ever want to, if you ever want to plan a, a, a hunt to come down here, we've got, I've got tens of thousands of acres of public land. We can, we can definitely do some damage. And all you got to do is let me know you want to come. Well, I, I, I totally appreciate that guys. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed this, you know, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know what I did to, to, to deserve, you know, being on with you guys, but I, I, if I'm talking about, you know, traditional bow hunting, it, it's, it's a good day for me and I appreciate the opportunity. And, um, yeah, I mean, the same thing with you guys, if you ever find your way up here, I mean, I, I'd be more than happy to try to get you on some deer or a turkey or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, if you ever want to do it again, I mean, I <laughs> there's so much stuff we could talk about. I mean, we didn't even hardly talk about bows and arrows or, you know, too many past hunts. Didn't even get to Kansas that much. You know, there's yeah. there's tons of stuff. If you ever, you know, feel free to contact me. I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys. This has been a really good time. Me well, too. I, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. No, me too, Steve. Schedule always, it up. Let's do a, let's do a round two. I was I was going to say we would be I'd be happy to have you back on. I think this has been a a really good conversation. Just some some general campfire dialogue back and forth i've really enjoyed it kurt and we'll we'll definitely find a reason to to get you back on and somewhere between michigan georgia and new york we're going to find a way to for 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 us to share a campfire sometime in the next in the next few years anyway okay all right that sounds great fellas i appreciate it all right well tom thank you so much for for joining me tonight um i know we've got another one coming up that uh we're going to do this again real soon so i'm looking forward to that you have a great evening, Kurt. Thank you so much. And you have a great evening as well. And I'll talk to you both real soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Care, Thank guys. you, guys. Take care. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.